Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Please hang up and try again. Hey, Matt, how are you? Hey, good evening, Chip. I'm doing all right. How you doing? 
I'm doing good, man. Yeah. So we got we got Bill Sikora, uh, pro staffer, Wilderness System, uh, joining us tonight. They're going to be uh, joining us at uh, the Boondoggle at uh, Cars Park in Titusville, uh, Merritt Island. That is uh, October 10th through the 14th. And Bill tells me, Bill, you say you, this is your first time fishing up that far, right? Uh, yes, it is. So uh, what are you looking forward to? I mean, what's what's your uh, your goal for the weekend? Uh, my goal is to take it all in. Uh, from what I understand, this is a terrific event, uh, a lot of terrific people, uh, a lot of great vendors going to be there. So, uh, And I hear the food's great, so I'm, I'm really looking forward just to being involved with the uh, kayak fishing community there. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. The boondoggle started a few years back. We were looking for something to do, people listening in on kayak fishing radio, those folks that are uh, checking out the resources and stuff at yakangler.com. And so we just said, hey, let's put a pin in the map and uh, see what goes on and uh, told everybody where we were going to be for the weekend. And uh, I think the very first weekend we had maybe 15, 20 people show up and uh, move forward a couple of years to last summer or last uh, event at Cars. There were like probably five, 600 people there for the weekend. So, And uh, Sean can tell you that boondoggle is the most appropriate word. Uh, kind of a lot of military background there, but <laughs> it's a total waste of time. And <laughs> I don't know about so, a total waste. I mean, it's just a, it's an awesome weekend to relax and hang out and, you know, the food. And, I mean, like this past one in, in Crooked River State Park, I mean, the, the you know, the crawfish boil, you know, all the crawfish that Russ brought over. I mean, it was just yeah. phenomenal. Fishing? Yeah, fishing so-so. But yeah, whatever. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> There was there was some weekend. fishing done. It was like there was there was a little bit of fishing done amongst the uh, the the weekend party and so, um, but uh, you you were at the uh, you showed up. Crooked River was it your first boondoggle? Was it Sean? It was Crooked River it was, was our very first. Wow, I thought you were at Pensacola, but I guess Pensacola and there kind of were like this the similar back. Uh, park and stuff but uh nice open park and everything that was a lot of fun but but bill so what does it mean to be a wilderness systems pro staffer oh it's uh my third year um with them and it's been terrific to promote the brand um i was using their products prior to going on staff uh, i do a lot of locally uh, events such as demo days um spend some time on the water with different anglers talking about the products and you know, Boondoggle, for example, will be my first event where I'll be there to work uh, the event for Wilderness Systems, uh, do some blogging, um, some forum chats, um, just basically representing the brand and, uh, you know, promoting the sport of kayak fishing. Cool. And how long have you been kayak fishing? I started in 2003 when I moved to uh, Jensen Beach, Florida. Uh-huh. And, and uh, uh, you've... Go ahead. Oh, I, I used to uh, wade fish a lot because I see a lot of guys wading in the river. But when I moved to South Florida here, I noticed a lot of kayaks on top of cars and reading local magazines and, and seeing that that was the way that you know, many people were fishing here in South Florida in the river. And I, it just stuck with me. I tried it once. I caught my first fish, and I was hooked from there. No pun intended. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no injuries, right? Yeah, so. No. But, uh... 
So in so as a wilderness pro staff, you you use wilderness uh, kayaks. I mean, what's what what boats do you have in your stable? Um, I have a Ride 115, a Tarpon 140, and two Commander 120s. Nice, nice. So so you got you got, you got a big truck. You got racks all over it. And you drag them all around, and um, you're going to be at the Boondoggle. And you said there's going to be a ride there with the new seat. Yes, there is. Okay, cool. And uh, what else? What else is Wilderness going to be showing off for the for the weekend? You guys going to do any well, kind of seminar? Um, uh, they may be having a seminar. No, they'll have the new seat on display as well as the um, the ride 135. I'll have my Commander 120 there. I'll have that rigged up so people could see the different ways to rig the Commander. Um, probably have some little odds and end giveaways and just uh, answer people's questions and you know let them try out that new seat because I know there's a lot of buzz about it right now. Yeah, I mean it's it's not going to be too long before you won't be able to find a, a boat that doesn't have a lawn chair in it, as I call it. No disrespect, meant, but no, um, none taken. It's uh, over the last couple of years, kayak seats have just been so widely improved over what they used to be. So. And you can just stay in the boat uh, a lot. The more comfortable you are, the longer you can fish. The longer you can fish, the more time you got bait in the water, all that good stuff. I mean, it's just absolutely. It's just, you know, so it's all about not having a wet behind. Yeah, yeah, having exactly the cheese, right. having the cheese factory going down there, and all you know. <laughs> um, or uh, from from the motorcycle side of the house, you know, we call it monkey butt. So. I guess in the kayak it's more duck butt than anything. But um, so, Bill, you're also uh, the founder of the Florida Bass Paddlers. Tell us a little bit about Correct. that, man. Well, when I moved to um, Coral Springs after living in Jensen Beach, I started uh, got back into freshwater fishing. I was bass fishing in New Jersey uh, out of a John boat for many years, and there wasn't a lot of people. Uh, Fishing for bass, I noticed, out of kayaks. Most of the uh, concentration was in the rivers and in the flats. So I founded the Florida Bass Paddlers as a way to promote um, kayak bass fishing, but also almost like a meetup to you know, promote camaraderie amongst kayak anglers. Uh, we've had some people who've never kayak fished before join our club. It's a, it's a no-charge club. Uh, we meet once a month. We go fishing in various areas and a couple times a year, we'll have tournaments or benefit nonprofits. Uh, for example, Heroes on the Water. Uh, we've done some tournaments to benefit them. This past November, uh, I hosted a tournament where anglers brought unwrapped toys, which I donated to the SOS Children's Village. Um, we've had some terrific sponsor support, uh, Hook One, Yak Attack. So we just really want people to have fun, uh, get together once a month, and show them that you know there's terrific fishing in the flats, but you know bass fishing is a nice healthy alternative to uh fishing the salt it's like a it's like a mini f- freshwater boondoggle i mean it, it it's literally just you know bill or you know someone in the club says hey let's try this lake let's try this park and we say okay this date this place and everybody shows up and we go fish for a while we come back in we hang out sometimes we go grab lunch together i mean it's just hanging out it's a it's a very relaxed very enjoyable club and I mean, a lot of people don't realize while Florida may be like, you know, I don't know, there's probably some contention between Texans, Louisiana, 
but I mean, you know, the saltwater fishing capital of the world, but there, Florida is huge for bass fishing. I mean, you've got the Thousand Lakes areas and, you know, Okeechobee. I mean, Okeechobee is just a huge fishery for for bass. And then the Everglades is not all saltwater and brackish. I mean, you get freshwater through there, too. So a lot of people don't realize what, what a great freshwater fishery there exists in Florida. Oh, there's so many canals and lakes and everything down here. I mean, Florida literally is the fishing capital of the U.S. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Absolutely. You know, the, mul- the multiple species now, uh, peacock bass have really taken off again after the rough winter a couple years ago, and they're being caught as far north as Palm Beach County in uh, lakes such as Lake Osborne. Uh, snakeheads, which were not, uh, non-native species, more and more anglers are actually going out for them because, A, it's, a, it's a, actually good table fare, but they put up quite a fight. And many of the other uh, cichlids in the water, are, you know, a lot of fly fishermen like to fish for them. So there's the freshwater, you know, angling is just as good as the inshore, with, you know, with the exception of size. But it's, uh, I enjoy it. I've always been partial to freshwater over saltwater. I know um, the uh, the canals that were in the area I grew up in, uh, south of Miami Lakes, uh, Palm Springs North area and stuff, and in uh, Hialeah there. And I mean, you could you could walk to the end of any street basically and get to a canal that would have plenty of fish in it. And a lot of people don't realize the the crossover between some of the species, like. I mean, I, I've I've dove most of the freshwater spring areas, or the more popular ones, I guess you'd say, in Florida. And you look up under a piece of structure there, and you'll see a largemouth bass and a snook side by side, you know, and a black drum. And, uh, you know, uh, you'll see, I mean, it's just, you, you might catch. This is when you, you were can, diving purposely, right? Yes, diving purposely, not diving out on the <laughs> kayak. <laughs> but uh yeah so i mean it, it's 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 pretty cool now i don't know i mean you know if you come down the uh the west coast of florida on the gulf side you know sarasota and homosassa and all of that i mean you see a lot of crossover in there and i mean it's 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 really fun i mean there's just so many things to to, to fish for in florida and like you said now with the the uh, the invasives and, and the way they've taken hold it just creates a a huge I didn't know snakeheads were edible though is that they're a pretty good table fare uh, yes they are I've actually seen a couple uh, meetup groups that have actually posted recipes on them um, initially FWC wanted them destroyed when they were caught and landed in your boat or on shore etc but learning that they are actually quite tasty they're actually promoting people bringing them home and eating them rather than just wasting the fish so a lot of people i know eat them and uh enjoy them actually well a couple of our members of florida bass paddler uh yes you know rob and, and sam and those guys they they catch them like we had the, the one there at the trade winds i mean rob took home uh you know that big snakehead he caught and they're pretty aggressive fish virginia too. putting them on par with mahi actually put them on what They've put the meat on par with uh, mahi mahi. Really? That's what I, I don't know. I've never had it. White, flaky, light. Um, you know, 
a lot of people eat them, and I know FWC is encouraging it, but, you know, down here, I'm just so nervous to eat anything out of fresh water. I mean, there's so much pollution and runoff and fertilizers and, and everything else. I mean, if you go to FWC's, you know, Florida Wildlife's, you know, website, they suggest only eating two to three freshwater fish per year, you know. So it's like, well, I get it that they're encouraging people to eat this snakeheads, right. but what, two to three a year? Um, yeah. But, you know, that said, you know, Rob and these guys and a lot of other people, you know, they catch them, they eat them, and they eat them all the time. So, I guess if you if you cook them well, because, I mean, what I know of, uh, you know, and I I guess I could probably do some research and be another a spot on a different show, but, I mean, the big thing with freshwater fish is the bacterial levels in the water, and they can carry it. If you see freshwater fish in a fish market, they should have some sort of an inspection tag on them or something like that. There's no requirement for inspection of saltwater fish, however, for freshwater, because of the bacterias, the bacteria and stuff that they can carry, there's a requirement for it. But I guess you just follow the FWC guidelines, recommended guidelines, just like you would for saltwater fish. I mean, you're not going to, I think, for mackerel and stuff like that, you're talking about... Uh, you know, mercury uh, levels in the fish and um, in the big fish, certainly with uh, the big predator fish like barracuda and stuff, you got to worry about. I mean, if you, you got to be further south in a lot warmer water, but the cigatera poisoning and stuff. But, um, hey, you know, it's dangerous. Enjoy it while you well, can. I think the right? other concern down here is the, the mercury levels, you know, the mercury level from all the fertilizer and the chemical runoff from agricultural yeah. areas and properties. I mean, everybody's got to have a beautiful lawn here in South Florida. So, I mean, it's, you know, heavily fertilized. <laughs> heavily fertilized. So, so let's, let's see. Um, Matt, Matt, you notice that the bill has kind of, he, he can speak your language, man. He's, he's from the, Matt, you still there? I'm here. Oh, okay. Yeah. So did you go fishing this week, man? I did. I uh, I joined the uh, CBKA tournament down in Maryland, uh, uh-huh. fishing uh-huh. by the Chesapeake Bay Bridge over there. Right. Um, the fishing was slow. I I only ended up with two striped bass, and um, I can put them in my smallest fish bracket. So <laughs> one was uh, pushing about nine and a half inches, and then the other one was about um, nine and a quarter. So. You sure that was a striped bass? <laughs> it was. <All> right. <laughs> I've never seen them that small before. But uh, Bill, you ever fish for, You ever fish for bass up in when you're in Jersey? I did, yes. Yeah, uh, okay. Large mouth and striped bass. Not from a kayak though, um, but I have fished for them. I've never now seen them that small to... before. So. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> The, the little fingerlings. Hey, Bill, let me let me let me bring it back to the the wilderness for a second. Um, so I know you've got the two commanders. And I know you prefer the you know the more open you know kayak versus you know the more traditional uh, sit on top with the rod and the tarpon. Um, but didn't you just mount a, um, a micro power pole in the back of one of your commanders? I did. Um, I liked the Commander 120 so much. I'd gotten a second one. Uh, one of which I have with the rudder for my freshwater application, and the other one I have the um, shallow water anchor micro pole on for my inshore. Um, 
with the flat um, stern uh, in the back, it, using their clamp mount was very easy to put um, um, anchor on there. Um, you can also put a trolling motor if, if you wished on the back, and uh, I love it. It's it's a very versatile boat. I, I really enjoy fishing. I have a hybrid more, and I have other kayaks. Well, I know I know Chip was you know kind of harassing you about having a big truck and you know trailer for hauling all your kayaks around, but. Um, I, I happen to know that he has a small uh, SUV, and uh, you know he just throws the commander right up on top of the roof racks of, of his SUV. So it's it's definitely a lightweight kayak. Yeah, it is. It, it's a it's a nice little kayak to be. I mean, it's not a little kayak. I mean, it is a hybrid. Tell us tell us about the hybrid. What what, what are we talking about there, Bill? For those folks who might be listening to the podcast, uh, hybrids uh, became popular a couple of years ago. Basically, a hybrid is, uh, imagine, if you will, a canoe shaped like a kayak. It's very, um, it still has the sleekness of a kayak, uh, but it's nice and open on the inside. Um, there are no hatches. You, you're, you have, do have a tank well um, and a little um, seat, and then your whole front is open. So you really have room to move around. Uh, if you're a tall individual like Sean, uh, unfortunately, um, I don't fit that category, but you have leg room. Uh, also, it's great for fly anglers because the hybrids are a very clean kayak where a kayak with uh, hatches, if you will, may have areas for your fly line to get snagged, where a hybrid, there's really nothing in front of you. You can lay a towel down and your fly line won't catch, and it's a very, you know, it's just a terrific platform for a fly fisherman as well. And standing up with the pontoon bottom is, they're very, very stable the hybrids yeah i fish out of a out of a different <laughs> yeah, no. um and uh the the hybrid boats are, are real nice especially for the flats and i'm sure uh, and, and i've had you know experience with them in in the uh in the fresh water and it is really nice with the fly rod just to have that open area in front of you like you say you can lay a towel down to make sure that you know the fly just to extra you don't really need it because of the openness of the hull, but uh, it's really uh, it's it, it's a real versatile boat for for fishing. And for those folks who might think, you know, a lot of people think, you know, that uh, oh, it's a kayak, it's going to be real tippy. But I think the hybrids are some of the most stable kayaks that are out there. You know, they're nice. They got a nice beam to them, and with the little pontoon hulls, like you say, you get your feet down there. Your feet are actually kind of below the water level, so that. Uh, center of gravity is lower and it's a lot more comfortable and on that on that commander the seat right it kind of moves out of your way too right to give you even a little more room absolutely uh the seat actually rests on two rails where you you can slide it as forward as much as you'd like where you can lock it in place with two tethers or that you can uh, fold the seat back down and push it underneath and then there's a secondary seat called a some people call it the captain's chair or the captain's perch where you could sit up a little higher, and for example, if you're a fly fisherman or a sight fisherman, it really helps to get standing up if you're sitting at a higher position. So I know a lot of anglers who have actually taken a seat out of their commander and strictly sit on the captain's perch when they're out uh, paddling because it's just easier for them to get up in a standing position to make that accurate cast or to get that fly out there. And, um, and wilderness boats... Uh, I know from having experience with the tarpons, they're really easy boats to paddle too. In fact, um, are you familiar with the uh, 
the Adventure Fishing World Championship? Uh, I have heard of it, yes. Yeah, down uh, down in the Everglades, the Everglades event. And uh, the first year that we participated in there, there were two young guys who uh, I think uh, were sponsored by, I think it was Chad from Hook One, but he had hooked these two guys up with Tarpon 160s. And those dudes were the fastest out there. I mean, they number one, they were nice young. I mean, you know, they were young college age kids, man. So they were, they were in good shape. And those boats would just haul through the water. I mean, and they're a very fishable boat. And uh, they did a real nice job. I think they were in the they were in the top ten uh, at the end of the at the end of the day. But uh, real nice, clean hauls. And actually. Um, the first boat my son had was uh, was a little mini axe, but uh, then he uh, he actually won a tarpon 120 in a tournament, and that boat made all the difference in the world. I mean, it was real easy for him. It was a nice starter boat for him. Uh, you know, he was nine years old and could paddle it and move it around real easy. The hatches are real nice on him, and I think now with the addition of the new seats, uh, the wilderness boats are are just a really a great option uh, for kayak fishing. They are. I enjoy my tarpon. I, I usually use mine if I'm fishing larger waters because, um, again, like you said, uh, it's just such an easy paddle. And if you have to carry, um, go further distances, you know, to be in a tarpon, I'd rather be in my tarpon than any of my other boats because I know I can cover that water a lot faster. So it's it's yeah. a great boat. Real sweet. Are those uh, new seats going to be able to fit into a pungo? Because that would be awesome. <laughs> you know, you're not the first person to ask that. Um, not yet, but I'm sure down the road. Uh, we have a, a team member on staff by the name of Wade on Wilderness Systems, and he swears by the sit-in kayak. He's been fishing out of him, I think, his entire life, and he has a couple pungos, and um, I'm sure one day they'll have the uh, upgraded seat as well because that's becoming uh, that's still one of the main boats in Wilderness Systems uh, stable is the pungo. Very popular boat. Pungo's awesome. I have a pungo. I don't fish out of it, but I love that boat. <laughs> it's always yeah, Wade, um, it was... Go ahead. Uh, Wade is uh, he's known for his uh, tiger striping of his boats, sir. He does a wonderful paint job on them. But he has them rigged out to fish, and, and he does quite well on them. I think I've well, seen the, those uh, tiger stripes. You know, the ride is the, the ride is. I mean, it's such a great all-around boat. You know, I mean, everybody has a specific interest, whether they're saltwater, freshwater, whatever, offshore. You know, um, I know a lot of chapters for Heroes in the Water have pretty much standardized on the ride, you know, and looking at what they're doing and how well the boats are holding up. Um, our South Florida chapter, we just ordered, you know, uh, we just ordered some of them down here for our chapter. And that's going to be our standard single kayak. Uh, is a ride 115. Those are all, yeah, those are also very nice boats. My first uh, staff boat was the uh, ride 115, and I really enjoy fishing out of that one as well. What are some of the what are some of the the uh, the ways you you're you're rigging your your rides? Well, for me, I mean, uh, I know folks are going to see them at the. Uh, at the boondoggle, but a little preview. What's, for me, one of the features I liked about Wilderness before I even went on staff was the slide track system. Um, 
I remember my first boat years ago, uh, which was a Heritage, Heritage Redfish. Uh, Heritage is no longer around. They were actually went into the native uh, watercraft line, but everything had to you know, be drilled, and um, it was hard to always access the inside of the kayak. Uh, wilderness systems with the slide track systems allows you to put an array of accessories from Ram, Scotty, uh, I think there's a rail, uh, Railzilla uh, company that just came out, without even having to, to drill into the kayak. So, you know, using a ram ball, uh, for example, there's a variety of different rod holders out there. I mostly do most of my rigging off the slide track system uh, without even drilling any holes into the boat because it's just so versatile for me to, you know, switch off rod holders based on what type of fishing I'm doing. Cool. Yeah, I, I was just going to say I thought that the the wilderness systems were one of the first groups to put the slide track systems on their boats, and that's really been kind of a revolution for for mounting gear on the boats. Oh, it's been fantastic, and the amount of accessories from all of the uh, major manufacturers uh, as far as kayak accessories is concerned is. You know, every year you see more and more terrific products coming out uh, just to make, you know, outfitting your kayak that much easier without having to drill holes and, you know, putting something where, you know, a rod holder, for example, in a position where you say, well, I wish I had it a little further back. The slide tracks really gives you that opportunity to, to tweak things just however you want them so you know, your kayak's made for your, you know, specific application of fishing. Yeah. And, and that's just the beauty of of the kayak fishing is, is just, you know, being able to tweak the boat, make it personal. Um, and, you know, when you're there, you know where all your gear is, you know how to set it up, that kind of thing. A lot of people don't realize when, you know, when you go out first time with someone, you take them kayak fishing and you go, yeah, we need to get there so that we can build our boats. You know, it's like, build your boats. Like, yeah, we got to put everything on them. <laughs> You don't stick them on the roof with all that stuff hanging off of them. <laughs> no, uh uh-uh. But um so uh I'm sorry, I had a train of thought there. I was, I just kinda lost it. But uh slide track systems, the new seat. Tell us a little bit about more what you know about the new seat for the wilderness. Well, I know the new seat uh is a multi positional seat. It's an additional four inches of height um, over the standard seat. Um, with the the higher stance of the seat, entering and exiting the kayak is a lot easier. Uh, there's additional storage underneath the seat for anglers who want to keep a couple utility boxes. We all know how much we love our Plano boxes. Um, the seats are breathable. The material allows air to get up you know, into the seat, so you're not sitting on a solid seat and sweating. Um, it's better back support, which, uh, like something you mentioned earlier, you can be out in the water longer. And um, removal, and I know a lot of people like the reclining aspect of it and even use it. Um, they talk about wanting to use it as a camp chair for when they're not out in a kayak. Well, when you're not out in a kayak, to pull the lawn chair out is, is great, you know, but uh, even in the boat, I mean, really, you know, I was kind of joking with, you know, Bobby at ICAST is, you know, really there's three positions. You have your high seating, your low seating, and then your gangster seating. Um, <laughs> you know, kind of, kind of reclined back pretty far. 
Um, but it's, you know, it's nice the fact that you can do it very easily in the kayak without having to, you know, get up and move it or release a strap and then move the entire seat. You can just kind of like lift up, grab the little lift handle and, you know, change the position. And it, and it gives you that, um, it, it's similar in, in case to, to some other, uh, seats, but the, the nice thing is. So if you want a little bit higher seat, you can actually just fold it down and sit on top of it, right? Uh, I have seen an angler do that, uh, yes. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I know some of the guys on staff have actually gotten prototypes of the seat and have been uh, trying it out on waters and uh, giving us their feedback on it. So I'm definitely looking forward to receiving mine uh, next month, that's for sure. Well, one, of the, one of the neat things is, you know, instead of the traditional lawn chair that, you know, the frame goes straight down, you know, because they are designed to retrofit into the the rails of the ride so that you can adjust it forward and back so you can adjust your, you know, your balance of the kayak like you can in the existing ride but with the new seat, the side of it where the, the rails attach, it's a flat section right there. Um, you know, Bobby and a couple of the guys there uh, had gear track, you know, just more, you know, track system screwed down to that little black flat section. So on the side, you put a cup holder and another rod holder on the other side. So, you know, it gives you another flat surface in the kayak to put, you know, some more gear track if you want. I guarantee you. Go the Hobie way and just say, all right, you don't, you can't retrofit this seat. You just have to buy a new kayak. Just buy a new one. <laughs> no, that's... I think, that's, we'll no, I think that's cool that they made it so you could retrofit it. I think that's an excellent idea. Yeah. I yep. I bet I bet not two weeks after it's been out, you know, when they start delivering them, uh, you'll see it on other boats too. I bet folks will figure a way to stick it in an old. Uh, you'll probably see one in a in a in an old Outback Hobie. Guarantee you. Yeah, I've seen the we jackets. are we are yeah, retrofitters as kayak anglers. It's amazing what I've seen people do with their kayaks over the years. To you know, some fantastic ideas you you can see online. And I, I've seen a, I fished with a friend of mine, Stan. He put a John boat seat into his Hobie. I don't know how he did it, but he did it, and uh, <laughs> it was pretty impressive. You know, it's like I think I think that. Had it been around and been an option, I think Einstein would have been a kayak angler, you know, because just him and, uh, you know, just all of the, the brilliance of the guys just looking at things and going, oh, you know what, if I had some PVC, I could make that work, you know, or <laughs> if I had if I had a, a bucket, you know, I could make that work. So very cool. And, and it's cool now, too, because I think all of the, the manufacturers, wilderness uh, out in front, too, you know, with with retrofitting things, it's very cool, and I, I give I give Wilderness big props for that because just like uh, Matt said, you know, uh, not go like Hobie. Oh uh, yeah, it's not going to fit in the previous models, you know, and it's just something about it. You know, I think part of the sport, part of the beauty of kayak fishing, is the fact that people can do it without dropping a lot of coin. You know, I mean, and and. Wilderness is one of the one of the manufacturers for folks listening and they've listened to previous shows and stuff. You know, I'm I'm real big on you know, 
I don't know if some of these manufacturers, you know, coming out with these big two-seat, 200-pound kayaks that are, you know, going for five grand, uh, you're just, you're losing the, the real, and, I, and I'm not like a purist, you know, I don't think, you know, you have to, everybody needs a pongo in their backyard like Matt, you know, but, um, but I, I <laughs> but I mean, you know, it, it, part of it is, is that, you know, anybody can just go out there and, and get a decent boat. And, you know, manufacturers like Wilderness and Ocean Kayak and stuff like that are making it possible. They're maintaining, you know, the that, uh, the affordability of an entry-level boat. And I just give give them props for that, man, because not everybody can go out there and drop three, you know, three large on a, on a plastic boat. Plus no, it's, uh, yeah, it's very expensive, some of their boats. I mean, as nice as they are, but... You start to wonder where the line is drawn between is it still a kayak or are we talking about a small boat? I mean, John boats that would weigh and cost less than some of these kayaks. So, you know, you know that's why I enjoy Wilderness Systems products. I, you know, I, I say I've said that before. I even when I'm on staff with them, I just I like where they're going and and I still like where they're going and you know I'm glad to be part of it. Cool. So what's the forecast? What's what are we doing for uh for the upcoming weekends? What's the schedules looking like? We... Sean, when's the next uh and actually uh Bill mentioned it and uh the support for uh, Heroes on the Water. Uh so what's what's coming up? Give us a give us a quick update. What's going on with your chapter down there, Sean? Yeah, so a couple of things. Um September 27th, we are doing a pseudo-private event for um, another veterans organization called Team Red, White, and Blue. Um, One of their key organizers for the chapter down here in South Florida came to our last event, um, been partnering with us, and asked if we could do an event for them uh, and their vets. And we're going to do that September 27th down here in South Florida. And it's going to be small. We're going to limit it to to 10. but the following weekend, October 4th, uh, will be our next main event down here, um, and hopefully we'll be between 15 and 20 vets on the water. Um, and not to be remiss, September 28th is our next Florida Bass Paddler event uh, down south uh, here in Florida, specifically going after peacock. Uh, the peacock bass. Yes, I got Sean's number. One day I'm just going to call him and be like, hey, man, I'm right by your house. <laughs> do it. Anytime. <laughs> and I'd love to catch a peacock bass someday. That's on my bucket list, definitely. Well, I got the kayaks. Just fly on down, Matt. Just uh, just say, hey, I'm at the airport. Come pick me up. I'm, I'll have to come pick you up. <laughs> cool. Go to Fort Lauderdale. Go to Fort Lauderdale. Don't go into Miami International. Don't go into Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, that's where I was today. I end up Palm Beach. And drive down. So, um, and then Matt, you have a chapter up there in Jersey. You guys just finished yes, a really sir. cool event out on the, the Coast Guard Station 1. Uh, we that talked about that weekend. last. Yeah, so w- what's coming up? This past weekend, we just had an event that I missed because I was at the tournament, but we had a freshwater event at Lake Lenape, which I heard went 
over very well. Um, I've never fished there, but apparently they had a good time, good weather. They missed the rain again. So we have actually, all the New Jersey events have not been rained on yet. Just um, after the events left and we were packing up, we got hit by a couple storms. So that's it. But I'm upcoming. shouldn't have said that. I know. <laughs> upcoming, Manasquan Reservoir. Um, that's one of the, the best lakes in the state. That's um, September 27th. That's going to be an excellent event. It's actually um, one of the leadership ship team's son is running the event for his Eagle Scout project for Boy Scouts. So he's, he's uh, taken on the whole event, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And after that, we have two events at Picatinny Lake, and that's at the Picatinny Ar- Arsenal Army Base. And then that's uh, that pretty much is the end of our house season for the year. And then it, then it snows and you're then it snows and you're locked in for the rest of the year, right? Well, we have a couple of fundraising events, but that's it. Um, October we have the kayak fishing jamboree, which is in uh, North Wildwood, New Jersey. That's down there in Cape May, uh-huh. and uh, that's that that uh, it's kind of like a non-tournament uh, get together, like the Boondoggle is, but. There's an entry fee for food, uh, an adventure, and uh, a donation towards how. Cool, very cool. Bill, what about you, man? What, what what what's your calendar look like upcoming? Where can people find you for a wilderness event or a how or whatever? Well, I know on October eighth, I'm scheduled to uh, do a little seminar at the Fort Pierce Fishing Club, mm-hmm. and then right after that, we have the Boondoggle event. Uh, obviously, I'll be at the September 28th event for the Florida Bass Paddlers for the Peacock Fishing in Miami, um, and I'll probably be uh, tagging along with Sean if he needs the help at his uh, future How events, and we will see what's going on from there. I'll also be staying close to home with some uh, online tournaments, so I'll be, uh, you know, beginning of October be a little busy, and then um, we'll see what happens from there. So, um, thinking Boondoggle, and, and we talked a little bit about the great fishery and freshwater here just kind of a quick tangent before we wrap it up for the evening but is there sean bill is there a place close around titusville where you might find a a peacock bass for any boondoggler that's coming in i wonder i think that's too far i think that's too far north for peacock i mean as it is west palm beach which is two hours south is kind of on the edge we yeah palm beach county we've got a couple of lakes on the south end that have have a few, um, mm-hmm. but it's kind of hit or miss. Uh, they're predominantly down in you know the Fort Lauderdale, Miami, you know uh, Naples side. You know the very very southern part of Florida. Uh, I think so. If you're coming to the Boondoggle, so if you're coming to the Boondoggle and you want a peacock, you're going to have to go a little further south then. Yeah, yeah. Throw it on and head two hours south. You'll be all right. Okay. Well, if Andy Boondoggle is spending any extra time while they're here, uh, they can stop by the Wilderness booth, and I'll uh, I'll give them some some locations if they want to make the drive. uh, Very cool. Peacock bass, the bites are pretty good lately. Um, You know, I got one today out of Miami. Uh, Not much size. Um, Actually, catching more of them in Delray Beach as well, um, which is South Palm Beach County. Uh, But you know, to what Sean said, they are Fort Lauderdale and South is usually where you you'll see the larger numbers of them. And are these fish, are, are they always aggressive? I mean, are they topwater fish or spinner baits, or what do, you, what do you use for them? For me, the luck I've had with them, uh, lipless crankbaits uh, around bridge pylons or uh, 
square-built crankbaits uh, just above grass lines, which is what I got mine on today. Uh, they're pretty aggressive. Uh, fight a little bit almost like a redfish where they'll be pulling down a lot, um, mm-hmm. you know, trying to go to the bottom. They're not, they don't jump as much as largemouth um, large bass might. They're, uh, I call them the freshwater redfish because that's just exactly what they feel like. Mm-hmm. But they hit hard. Very cool. Well, Bill, it's been great having you on the show. In fact, speaking about peacock, we might have to just do a special show and invite you back to to talk about peacock bass and the Florida bass paddlers there. I think that might be a, a future show, what do you say? Oh, I'd love to do it. I've always been told I have a face for radio. You have a face for radio? We all do, man. That's <laughs> You know, we're all six foot two, strong, good-looking young men, right? <laughs> right, that. Okay. One I would love one to know. I, I really enjoyed this. Yeah. What'd you say, Sean? I say one of us is. One of us is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's All right. Well, yeah, Matt's the young guy here. So, but uh, one day I asked Matt, where where are you from in New Jersey? Uh, I currently Texas. live in Raritan, New Jersey. It's like by Bridgewater, Somerville. Okay. I lived in uh, Brick Township before I moved to uh, Florida. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's not far. I fish down there all the time. Forge Pond? Um, more f- salt water, so I'm off the beach. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Uh, um, yeah, uh, Seaside Park. I'll be fishing down there soon for the striper move, moving through. But I fish gotcha. all the way from uh, Staten Island down to about Brick Township, that area. Okay. Yeah, that's, I always stop to Jersey Paddle when I go visit my mother, so I'll have to look you up next time I'm da- up there. Cool. Sounds good. And uh, Matt, your blog is theplastichull.net. Plastichull.net. That's Yak Chum. Matt Trucks. Thanks for joining us tonight, Matt. We appreciate you calling. Thanks, Chip. The still catching fluke up there, or just those little teeny stripers. <laughs> catching fluke off the beaches right now. Um, pretty okay. good. Very little, cool. Little tiny stripers. They're down in Maryland. <laughs> okay. It's a Maryland fish, not a Jersey, right? Yeah. So, no, food right. is good off the beaches right now. So. Sean, thanks for joining us tonight. And Absolutely. We'll be seeing you guys at the Boondoggle. Bill uh, Bill Secor has joined us tonight, pro staff for Wilderness Systems. Bill, you want to give us the uh, the website for Wilderness? I think uh, it is sure, Wilderness uh, Systems, right? It's wildernesssystem.com. That is correct. All right. And how about uh, your Florida paddlers? You got that? You got a website um, for that? Yes, we do. Uh, thanks to Sean Wagner. We have a great site. It's uh, floridabasspaddlers.org. Floridabasspaddlers.org. Yes, and we're and also on, on Facebook. If you go to yeah, Pro Staff blog, you can catch Bill Secor's blog on, on our uh, Florida Bass Paddler page. Probably find them both on Facebook, too, right? That's it. That's correct. Yes. All right. So we look forward to seeing you down there uh, at the Boondoggle Bill. It's nice talking to you tonight. Likewise. Thank you for having me. All right. And uh, in about well, about thirty minutes after we hang up, it'll the uh, the show will show up on uh, the uh, Blog Talk Radio forward slash Kayak Fishing Radio on iTunes for download for those folks listening to the podcast. And I'll send a link to uh, to Evan. Uh, he asked to see that. But uh, again, folks, Bill Sikora, 
Wilderness Systems. He's going to be at the Boondoggle. They're going to be giving away a ride with the new uh, Air Pro Max seat. And uh, I think it's a drawing for uh, uh, some of the proceeds benefit how and stuff. It's generally the way they do it at the Boondoggle. And uh, that's October 10th through the 14th, plus or minus a couple of days, depending upon how uh, aggressive you are for boondoggling. And it's uh, Titusville, Florida, Merritt Island, Cars Park. It's right on the uh, no-motor zone on the south side of uh, Merritt Island. North side is the Mosquito Lagoon, for those folks who uh, recognize that name. So, And uh, that's about going to wrap it up. Go ahead. I was going to say, neither of which have any peacock bass. No peacock bass, but there are redfish, trout, jacks, ladyfish. Snook, tarpon. Snook, tarpon, big giant lizards, too, with bad attitudes. Mm. And I think, oh, and puffer fish, lots of puffer fish. Lots of puffer fish, yes. Yeah. So if you're going to use plastics there, make sure that you bring. And we'll be talking about that as we get closer to the, to the event. All right, folks, that'll do it for tonight. Make sure you take a kid fishing, and we'll see everybody next week. Uh, same time, same bad channel. Good night, all. Thanks, gents, for joining me. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.